not be like the right time for some people or it is for others and or it might not be the right path it might not be the right thing for you you might not be playing the right instrument maybe you weren't supposed to be a a singer songwriter maybe you were supposed to do kids music maybe you like there's all these like really random like rubik's cube turns and twists that you have to put into place and the only way that you're ever going to figure it out is if you focus on it like the rubik's cube is yourself your being And you have to put the time in focusing on figuring yourself out. And then once you figure yourself out, you're going to figure out what you're going to excel at. Definitely. And it doesn't go just for music, too. It goes for every every industry, every, every choice that you make, everything in life. Just make it based on the fact that you've been focusing on yourself this whole time. Hmm. You know? Can't, like, turn the Rubik's Cube a few times and then put it on the coffee table to collect dust hey everyone my name is sarah and welcome to her ascension story the podcast that proves the world is transformed by every hero's personal adventure here we talk about the real and the raw things that we should all be talking about more so if you want to be a part of the movement of getting real about the deeper more meaningful things about life be sure to subscribe and follow and get ready to get real My hope is that this platform inspires you to explore and expand new empowering beliefs about yourself so you can make your own impassionate impact too. And those three pillars, inspiration, independence, and impact, aren't just the premise for this podcast, but for my work too. If you want to check out that more, be sure to go to herascensionstory.com or check me out on social media at herascensionstory. Welcome back, everyone. Today with us is Jackie Venson, who is a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter known far and wide for her beautifully complex music and blazing guitar skills. Born and raised in Austin, Texas, Jackie has traveled the world playing to massive crowds, both as a headliner and as support for major acts, such as Gary Clark Jr., Aloe Black, Citizen Cope, just to name a few. With the disruption of the COVID-19 pandemic, the cancellation of her entire tour schedule, and the wave of social change sweeping across the country, Jackie committed herself to releasing more music than ever before, connecting with her fans directly, and speaking up about the change she wanted to see in her city and her country. On April 20th, Jackie released a new EP titled Jackie the Robot Volume 1, composed entirely of remixes that reimagined Jackie's critically acclaimed catalog, showcasing her growth both as a musician and as a producer. This fall, Jackie will be releasing her next studio album, Vintage Machine, her first studio follow-up to 2019's Joy. Music from Vintage Machine will be featured heavily on Jackie's upcoming taping for Austin City Limits 46th season, which is just so amazing. But with the uncertainty of the times that we're living in, one thing holds true for Jackie Benson. She's going to play her music, speak her truth, and spread it as much joy as she can doing it. Her album will be wide released on October 30th, but it is available now exclusively on vinyl and CD through her website, JackieVenson.Bandcamp.com. Thank you so much, Jackie, for being with us today. I'm so excited to hear your story. No problem. Thanks for having me. So um, as I told you before the call, I'm a big blues fan, and I really love the work that you do, especially with how much feeling um, just flows and is infused into your music. And I um, know that you started off as a piano player, and you just recently picked up the guitar in 2011. So how did you actually find your transition into that? And, um, you know, how did you find yourself to be in the space where you are now? 
Well, I um, it, it just all happened really fast. I uh, played the piano for most of my childhood and all my teenage years, and and then I um, I like kind of drifted away from it in school because like what people don't realize is that Berkeley is actually a really challenging school. There's a lot of there's a lot of homework. There's a lot of assignments, and the assignments take a really long time. And then you always have to display the projects publicly. So like you can't just like you know, just like halfway do a song because you're lazy. You're gonna have to show the whole class. And so it's like, you have to care a little bit or just like, don't do it. You either care and do it or you just don't do it at all. And then you drop out. And um, I didn't want to drop out because I felt like the stuff that they were teaching us was going to be useful to me. I didn't know why or how. I just thought it was really interesting. It was stuff I had never heard before. And uh, so I, I just buried myself in homework and school. And I didn't play or perform or write, hardly do anything creatively for the entire time I was at school. And then when I got back, when I started like thinking about the fact that I was graduating in a few months, my last semester, I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something. Like I've been in this school la la land where all I gotta do is learn about music, but now I'm gonna be in like the world and I need to get a job, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, that's just like the end of it. It's like the the end of college realization that it's time to get a job. And and uh, that was a pretty interesting time period. And I had a few ideas. You know, I was like hustling. I was going to hustle some karaoke gigs because my dad had some equipment left over from when he hustled karaoke gigs. So that was one part of the plan. But then um, I, I realized that wasn't anything that could really be permanent. So... Um, so then I was like, okay, well, I think I have to build something. I'm going to have to like make it so that people hire me the way that they hire my dad's band. I got to like have some kind of thing going on that people want to hire. And I just felt like I was never going to be able to achieve that on the piano. And I immediately knew that I was just not going to be the kind of performer I needed to be on the piano in order to be hireable, you know, consistently. I didn't feel like my show was ever going to be that good on the piano. And so I switched to the guitar because I felt like I just the image of me like ripping a guitar solo versus the image of me singing behind a piano. It's just, yeah, <laughs> image, <laughs> image the, the former image is like way, way, way more imaginable as like something that w- someone would pay me to do. Oh, way wow. more entertaining, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're definitely entertaining. That's without a doubt. <laughs> yes, because like I just felt like having the portability, being able to move around on stage while performing and also play an instrument really well, like have all of the like people were always impressed by the way that I played the piano. But the performance was always like it wasn't memorable. It's like, yeah, OK, I can understand on an objective level that you are good at playing this instrument, which is the piano. But like so are other people. There's a lot of other people who are good at playing the piano. So like, why should I pay for this? Yeah. Yeah. Especially it seems like when you play guitar, like your entire soul is in it. And if you're playing piano and your soul's not there, it's not going to really translate to the audience. Yeah, exactly. And I just couldn't, I couldn't picture it. You know, it's like, you have to be able to picture something in order to pursue it. You know, I love that for sure. It's really important. Like visualization is a huge part of just accomplishing anything really it's a huge part of accomplishing literally anything you have to be able to visualize it you know that's what a dream is 
It's, it's just a visualization of something that you could be doing with your life. It's literally all a dream is. So, yeah, I just like I could visualize it and I just couldn't visualize it on the piano. And I hadn't been able to visualize it on the piano for years. I was just able to distract myself by just doing schoolwork, learning. Do you feel like going to music school and playing the piano and and obviously, you know, being raised by a professional musician, um, do you think all of those were kind of like guideposts that led you to the guitar? Or do you feel like you were just kind of flowing with it and then you just like ran into the guitar or? I think it, I think I mostly just ran into it. I think, I think I was, it was like I was put into a corner. I'm having to, I have like a few months before I have to graduate. Uh, it's time to like, you know, you know. It's time to light a fire under under your ass and actually do something. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what that's what it was. It was like I, I felt cornered by life. I was like, I have to make a decision. So and now's the time. <laughs> so I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to do it all the way. Oh, yeah. So you're definitely um, one of the few female black um, electric blues guitarists that really kind of like stand out in our American culture and obviously across the world. I mean, you've played shows in Europe and everything. Um, Have you have you experienced like any big obstacles on your way there, like performance anxiety or finding your voice among, you know, what seems to be like a male dominated um niche i guess you could say yeah well honestly the the whole male dominated thing actually works in my favor most of the time because i walk into a club with a guitar on my back and everybody looks over at me and they start thinking all this sexist shit and and a lot of people like to focus on the sexist crap that they think about when they see a girl with a guitar or a girl putting on a guitar on stage everybody likes to focus on that the fact that oh, they're judging me because I'm a girl and they're sexist. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm like, they're thinking about me. They're looking at me. They're paying attention to me. And I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was be a girl and have a guitar on. I haven't even started playing yet. This is rad. (laughs) It's like, you can see it as, yeah, they're thinking bad things about you because you're a girl. You can focus on that if you want. Or you can focus on the fact that they're thinking about you. You're not thinking about them. They're thinking about you and you didn't even have to do anything. All you had to do was show up and be a girl in a room full of guys. That's all you had to do. (laughs) That's amazing. And I haven't even started playing yet. I haven't even started playing yet. It's like, look, they're already paying attention to me and I haven't even opened my mouth. Wow. Do you get to see like the transformation of reactions on their faces and everything? Or are you just like so focused? It's awesome. (laughs) And the worse they act around me before the show, the nicer they are to me after the show. It's hilarious. Wow. Oh my God. Awesome. And, and like, honestly, like all I had to do was work really hard and get good at the guitar. All I had to do was be able to stand up against their judgments. And yeah, that was hard, but, and that's not why I did it. You know, I did it because I wanted to be good at the guitar and everybody music is the great equalizer. So, yeah, like I have to deal with them thinking negative things about me for being a girl. And I didn't even you know, I'm just a stranger. I didn't do any of that. They don't know anything about me, but they think they do. So, yeah. And I choose not to focus on that because I had to work just as hard at being good at the guitar as the guy next to me on stage, you know, who plays the guitar really well. But here's the thing. They're not thinking about the guy next to me. 
They're not looking at the guy next to me. They're not talking about the guy next to me. They're talking about me. So it's like, we had to work just as hard to get good, just as good at the same instrument, but I didn't have to do anything to stand out. Hmm. That's the difference. So yeah, like I don't focus on the negative part. I don't care because I'm just going to change their mind as soon as the band starts. Absolutely. But you said that it was kind of um, something that you had to get over. So how did you actually get over like that, like initial judgment or, you know, like the rash decision to be like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Whatever they might say in their head. Oh, sometimes they don't say it in their head. Sometimes they say it out loud. The bold ones are the ones. The bold ones are the ones whose jaws hit the floor the fastest. (laughs) (laughs) They're, They're the fun ones. They're the ones that are really entertaining. Once you start playing the first song after they were talking some some noise, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what I mean is, um, I just I don't focus on it at all because it never matters. You know, if I'm out, if I'm there, that means I'm going to be playing that night. And if I'm playing that night, um, that means anybody who thinks anything about me before they hear me play, they're going to think completely different things after they hear me play. I've experienced it a thousand times. Before I play, I'm a stranger. Who am I? You know, like they're, they got their guard up. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's a woman. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's a black person. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's a black woman. Sometimes it's like, oh, I live in a tiny town. I've never seen that person. Who the hell is that? You know, like, it's just like, whatever the reason that I'm a stranger. Right. And then after I play and after they've danced and after they've enjoyed the band, then I'm family every single time, no matter where I am, I could be in freaking Russia, I could be in Alaska, I could be in Hawaii, I could be in Mexico, I could be anywhere. And it is the same. I'm a stranger before I play. And I am family after I play. And because I don't really ever go anywhere, unless I'm playing music, it's like I can count on it. So yeah, the room's always weird when I first walk in because these people don't know who I am. And you know, we're tribal creatures. And so they're going to start thinking things about me based on their individual environment. And who knows what they're thinking? Sometimes it's sexist. Sometimes it's racist. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's, you know, whatever. It's impossible to keep track of it from show to show. But it's like every day I go from on tour every day I go from stranger to family, like within two hours. Do you think that's because of like the the power of music, like how you call it, the great equalizer? Yes, it's the universal language. You know, there's a million things for it. Stevie Wonder wrote a whole song about it. Music is music is like the only thing that can classify as actual magic in our in our dimension. Definitely. Music and art, you know, they're the only things that like we have that are even close to what we call magic, like real magic. Yeah. Do you feel like it's because you actually, it's a chance to kind of like showcase your soul and like they can, like you connect on that level. Absolutely. Especially, especially when you sing. Mm. Yeah. Everybody loves singers. Singing is the only way. My dad told me 14 years old. My dad was like, Jacqueline, if you want to be making any money in this business, you better start singing. (laughs) Did you like singing to begin with? or No. Really? I hated singing all the way up until like, three years ago <laughs> oh my god no way I'm not even kidding right now wow how did you start to like singing then and like I like, mimic I, I mimic the guitar note with my voice oh. and so yeah it looks like I'm singing and it sounds like I'm singing but in my head I'm just blending with the guitar and so basically I'm 
halfway playing the guitar and halfway singing. And I love playing the guitar so much that now I only have to 50% sing and just play the guitar. And now I like singing because it's mostly playing the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And the sound engineer, here's the thing. The sound engineer manipulates the volumes so that you do really hear my voice. I am singing and he turns the guitar and he blends the guitar in with my voice. But in my monitors, my voice is kind of quiet and everything else is loud, like over my voice. Like my <laughs> monitors are not voice heavy, but to, to the, that's my, that's my speaker, but y'all's front of house speaker, y'all get the blend that the sound man does and he does a really good job. So like it, you don't hear the guitar over my voice, but I do personally. And so I don't feel like I'm singing. <laughs> I feel like I'm just playing the guitar and humming along. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and now I, I like could, singing. <laughs> I could definitely see that, especially on Back to Earth with just like all I don't know. It gives yeah. me a rush every single time. You feel like you're like floating this lazy river and just chilling and then oh, like, yeah. you go down a waterfall and then you're back to like and there's some like thing. rapids, but then there's calm, but then there's some rapids, but then you like open up the cooler in the cooler tube and you like throw <laughs> a beer over to your friends, but then you guys are trying to stop not drop the beer as you're on the rapids. You're like, Don't drop the beer. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can I can picture that. Yeah, definitely. And then once it's over, you're like, oh, man, let's do it again. I, yeah, I, it again. <laughs> I cannot yeah. count how many times I've put that song on repeat. <laughs> now what you got to do is when when the world gets back into the new groove, whatever the new groove will be, when the world gets into it, uh, you got to float the river with a waterproof Bluetooth, waterproof Bluetooth speaker and play that song. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, let's kind of shift now into like that new group of the world that we're talking about. Like, I was reading this one article about you just, you know, trying to do like my cliche research because I'm like, I love this person, but maybe I should like find out some shit about her. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's that makes the interview much more enjoyable for both of us. <laughs> so it says uh, that you were quoted saying it was like the world has recently picked off some like ugly scabs and we can really see what's like really happening in the world. So, you know, just from like a soul perspective, what do you see happening in the world and what's your take on it? And what's kind of like your hope for your impact as we continue moving through all these changes? Well, I've, I've been asked this question a few times over the last six months, ever since everything locked down because of the pandemic. And it's funny because every time I've answered this question, I've been at a different vantage point. You know, like mm -hmm. somebody asked me this question right when we locked down, like March 15th, like lockdown to day two, right? Somebody asked this question, totally different answer than the answer I'm going to give now six months later. Um, so what I have seen from this six months later vantage point is overall a lower tolerance for BS. Mm. Like, you know how like the joke was like, especially with pop music, like what we hear, we hear somebody singing, but then we hear the original recording like before the auto tune and it was like not good or, or somebody's like really, really famous and they get like a million mega hits and then we see them live and they're terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, like that kind of stuff didn't happen I don't think before a certain decade I think that like the standards for art and music and just everything were so much higher because like it was so much harder to make these things it was hard to make records it was hard to make movies now anybody can do it from anywhere so like we find ourselves hearing and seeing a lot of like just way too much stuff and like the cream doesn't always rise to the top do you know what I'm saying yeah yeah we've, we've learned that that is not always true. 
in the last 30 years, just observing various pop disasters, lip syncing and auto tune and just, you know, I'm not going to name any individual ones. You've been here. You know, you know what I'm talking about. We just yeah. see like various like <laughs> terrible live performances, really embarrassing like attempts at freestyles, like just really bad. And these are artists that are supposed to be millionaires. And you're like, what is like whatever happened to just like basic standards of just being able to perform? Like, why did you make a record with these person before you knew that they could perform? Like, why wouldn't you have that be a requirement for making the record in the first place? It's just really wild. Everybody just goes for like the latest meme and everybody's just really desperate to go viral. So they dump all this money into like random things that aren't very high quality or thought out or artistic. And it's uh, it's been kind of hard for artists. It's been kind of hard to stand out if you really actually care about the craft. It's been hard. It's been a hard three decades of this. Standing in the shadows of people who have a quarter of the talent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only artist who feels this way. A lot of artists feel this way. And, and have felt this way for a long time. That's why people always go into that whole good old days like speak when they're talking about how music used to be. And so like, I have seen during this pandemic that we've reached a boiling point with that behavior. People really do want real talent again. And, and we were already reaching a boiling point. People were already complaining about like the jokes we see sometimes on, I mean, I'm not saying everybody who's really big is not actually talented. Just saying that the fact that there are even a few is just unacceptable. There's so much talent out there that's so developed and so mature why are we giving this meme an option? It's like, she's a 10 second joke and you're signing her to a record deal. Like, what? Are you kidding me right now? Like, you're trying to make money off of a 10 second meme on Facebook? Give me a, give me a break. You know, like, this is like, <laughs> I think this is the boiling point. Because now what happens is all the people who were getting overshadowed by like, people just trying to make a quick buck, all the people who are getting overshadowed by that are now like live streaming and putting their stuff out there and it's really all finally getting seen. And I think that when we reach this new groove, when when business is open again, when we start going out again, when it's safe again, I think that this is gonna stick. I think people are gonna stop dumping their money into trends so much and start really actually wanting to hear and see real art. And this isn't just music, movies too. You know, you're not yeah. going to get away with just releasing total stinkers because you got some famous actor to be a part of it. People don't care about fame anymore. Fame's not even real anymore. It's all relative. Who's famous mm-hmm. to you is not famous to me. Every person's famous people are, are different. Talk to a 14 year old about their famous people versus your famous people. You're going to be shocked. They're not going to know who any of your famous people are. And I guarantee you're not going to know who any of their famous people are. You might yeah. share a few. You might have like Will Smith in common because he recently was a meme. So one of my celebrities is Will Smith um, and younger people might know who he is because he was a meme recently. And that's, that's like the only reason why they know who he is. It's so true. Like you it's not like- even real. Like fame's not even real anymore. There's too many TV shows. There's too many platforms. There's too many streaming things. There's not one TV show that everyone in America is watching. Heck no, man. No, you're totally right totally right and like it's like we're getting a whole new lens to see everything through Mm -hmm. but do you think I mean obviously we're taking off like the bullshit 
glasses. Like yeah, you can't even call finally. them rose-colored glasses because they're not. You're not they're even not, seeing anything yeah, we're good. Not, yeah, <laughs> we're not seeing something that's like a nasty color or that's a little bit dirty. No, we're literally seeing like we're at, we're being sold sometimes, not all the time. There are a lot of popular people who actually I really love, but there are some where we're literally just being sold total crap. Like this person is not only an idiot. They're like irreverent and irresponsible. They like are probably going to OD in a few years. Like, come on. Why are we still playing this game? Like, why? Why? Why are we still doing like, oh, he got so famous that he's doing drugs. Like, why are we still doing that? It's so stupid and old. And, and it's so stupid that we still lose people that way. Because the industry is just like, yeah, do drugs. Because every time you put out a Instagram post of you doing drugs, we make money. Wow. Like that's what that's what happens with big in industry. They stop caring about the artist and they only care about whatever makes the art. I mean, look at how much crap Adele got for losing weight. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, it was her independent decision to do something different with her body. The way she was was fine. The way she is now is fine. However she wants to be, she should be able to be. If she wants to be overweight, she should be able to be overweight. If she wants to be thin, she should be able to be thin. Like, I just can't believe that 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 culture even still exists. And I see I see a lot of people are just not interested in it anymore. They're just not interested. Mm -hmm. They're really not. And they're more interested in just something that is what it is when you see it. It's like, I think everybody wants to see what you see is what you get. I think we're starving for that right now. Absolutely. Especially when we're constantly told like all of these conflicting ideas and yeah. we're not even going to get into politics. We're not going to get yeah. into the news. We're not even going to get into the virus or anything, but it's true. I mean, and I think that this yeah. is happening on like a very minuscule level it, too of like yeah. family dynamics and friendships and yeah. everything. It's happening in, in people's individual lives. It started happening before this. It ha It started mm -hmm. happening with the Me Too movement. Oh, you... You really love Harvey Weinstein and his movies? Well, let me tell you about the real Harvey Weinstein. And you know mm. what? I was afraid to tell you 20 years ago, but you know what? I'm not afraid anymore. I'm going to tell you what these people are actually like. Oh, you love Bill Cosby? Let me tell you a, a, like 25 stories about Bill Cosby from 25 different women. You know, like it started a while ago. Oh, you think America is full of really intelligent, cool people? Look who we just elected. This is this has been a process. And I'm telling you that this pandemic is the end of the process. And we are we are never going back. It's been too many things. We've seen how incompetent our leadership is. We've seen how disgusting some of these people who we spend millions of dollars of money on to see like to be entertained by. We've seen how disgusting some of these people are. And the reason why they're able to be disgusting is because of the money we pay to them to entertain us. So then we feel like kind of low-key responsible and then like we're just so tired of this we see all these billionaires not helping any of the businesses that are just dying right now in this pandemic like we see like people just not paying taxes and not handing any money down making bank on the pandemic like we just see how bad all of the people that we put at the top really are and and we're tired of it like, why can't we just have normal people, like normal people who see an opportunity to see do something good and do it? Why can't we just have normal people at the top? Because like yeah. everyone I meet is not evil and stupid like all the people at the top. <laughs> or just evil and diabolically genius and also evil. Like everyone I meet, 
would give me a loaf of bread if I asked them for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't meet evil people very often. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why can't we just have like normal people leading and being the people who like lead in every industry, including the government? Like just normal, good hearted people. Like, where are they? Why don't they exist up there? I don't get it. And I, and I think everybody is fed up. Yeah. We're all so um, tired of just like all the rich and powerful people being just the scum of the earth. Oh my God, right? <laughs> all over the earth, the too. It's not earth. just and our country. Obviously, there's exceptions. There are some rich people that do good things and that con- consistently do mm-hmm. good things. But also, same, th- same, same like line of thinking. How did they get that rich? And then you're just like, hmm, I'm suspicious in the first place. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like the whole thing is crumbling. This whole like infrastructure that we have like built our industries and entertainment and art around. It's just it, it's crumbling and it's like crumbled. And we're just That's looking neat. at the debris and we're all looking at the debris together. All of us are looking at it together. I just got goosebumps. The fact that we're in this together i know like that's such a cliche saying and i can't believe i really are (laughs) but we really are and it's like this pandemic or epidemic now like it has made us we've been so tired and i like i mean i'm almost 30 but it's been like longer than that yeah that humanity has just been tired of like a 10-year decline starting yeah i think it actually started at 9 11 for me I, this, I was actually it started at 9-11 and now it took me 15 years but this was 15 years to undo 11 years of social conditioning both in public school you know I had to undo formative social conditioning so yeah it took a long time but it started at 9-11 my first grand disillusionment to like how much control we really have was 9-11 and you're about my age so we were only like what 10 11 then i was 11 yeah yeah and like the fact that we could see it then and now as we grow older we just keep seeing through the bullshit and like even though we're so tired this shit has actually like energized us to make the change that we want well yeah because now we're just like it's like okay we can't just sit back and say hey this is bs because then the the bs is going to look back at us and be like okay well show us what's real then and then we have to we have to have something to show for it. It's like you can't and sit back and ourselves. say you can't sit back and say, "Hey, this music's crappy," and then they say, "Well, then show us music that's not crappy," and then you don't have any music to show them. <laughs> you can't do that. You gotta be <laughs> so. I, it, you know, I'm saying that we we've been growing up this whole time, um, getting the skills and the materials and the brains to back it up. We've been growing, but now mm-hmm. we're ready, and now this happened, and now we have this opportunity. Not only are we ready, the world is like ripe. It's like an oyster right now. Oh, yeah. We were waiting for this for yeah. sure. <laughs> like everybody, everybody in all tiers of everything is looking for some kind of way forward. We, we're all floating in limbo right now. Some like everyone's waiting for somebody to just be like, yep, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or, or a group of people or a, or a whole generation of people like everybody's just waiting on somebody. I think like this is also a great time for us to be like, I'm not waiting for anybody. This is what I want to do. I'm just going to go fucking do it. <laughs> well, that's that's what I've been doing. I've, yeah. been, uh, <laughs> I've been in the studio absolutely nonstop. It's been pretty crazy. Um, I've been I'm getting ready to launch my TikTok page. I'm going to I'm going to start doing covers exclusively on TikTok. Cause people always ask me to do covers, but I never want to do them because like if I don't play my music, nobody plays my music. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to do 
a Jimi Hendrix song. Somebody on the planet is playing a Jimi Hendrix song at this time. But guess what? <laughs> Nobody's playing a Jackie Vinson song right now. So I'm going to play a Jackie Vinson song. <laughs> you know, like, oh, why would I play other people's music when I have like 60 songs, like fully written and produced and recorded and ready to be bought and ready to be listened to? Like, why would I do that? But TikTok is why I would do that. Because it's really hard to encapsulate an original artist in 30 seconds, which is the format of TikTok. So mm. the way that TikTok works is you give them 30 seconds of something interesting, and then they either decide to keep scrolling or decide to check you out. And then when they check you out, then they go and find your Spotify and your YouTube. And those are the places where I don't do covers. Mm-hmm. But basically I'm doing covers to drive people to my original stuff. Hey, but I don't know. That sounds like a great business strategy. Are you good at business or did you need, like, do you need help with that or like an advisor or anything like that? Or do you just kind of like flow and you get your own ideas and inspirations or? That's uh, actually all of the above. I, uh, <laughs> I, I believe everybody, even pe- people with good ideas still need help. Everybody needs help. You know, you're only one brain and maybe you're tired. Maybe you're hungry. Who knows? Or maybe you're just not seeing what's in front of you. That just happens, you know, so. It's, all, it's a little bit of everything. Sometimes, like, I came up with the idea for uh, some of the TikTok videos, but the overall idea to do cover on TikTok was actually my manager's idea. But then mm-hmm. the individual videos, those were my idea. So it was like a group effort. He came up with the overall idea, and then I came up with the ideas in, within the idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a collaborative effort. Yeah, truly collaborative. <laughs> it's like a like, mastermind. We needed each other, like... Both, both of the things that we individually came up with relating to the overall same idea were crucial to the overall execution of this idea. Mm, I love it. So, I mean, obviously your life has changed this year, but overall your life has really been a profound transformation story, like an evolution into who you are today. So how have you, not necessarily coped, but how have you like gone through and integrated all of the changes that you know the transformation process has brought into your life um what do you mean by implemented or integrated like um, integrated sorry like um pulled like as we go through life we go through like these different chapters and everything yeah and traumas and and also like big wins and big exciting moments and all of the above yeah yeah and we just keep like adding all of that like for some reason like a vision of like jello or like yeah. flubber came into mind and yeah. like so like all these pieces of flubber just coming to like create like a bigger like a you know, of, entity yeah, a <laughs> of experience and everything yeah so how have you like um been able to like come continuously you know like it's just kind of not to be like all hippie but like a continuous soul's journey to like come home to itself and like the authenticity and and, um, you know, just like that remembrance of who we really are and everything. So how have you been able to kind of do that on any sort of level um, and not necessarily like spiritually or soulfully or anything like that? Um, like why you're going through all these different chapters of your life and to where you are today? Well, I think I think it was a devotion to myself, a devotion mm-hmm. to accepting that this is the life and the body that I was born into and that 
any other life or any other body that I'm born into is going to come with challenges and ups and downs and advantages and disadvantages. And so trying to worry about any other body besides this one is absolutely futile and a complete waste of your lifetime. Like, obviously, it's important to have relationships and to care about other people. But what I'm saying, anything that takes the focus off of you and your body and your being, shit, man, it better be worth it. Because <laughs> otherwise, like, you gotta, if you're not constantly focusing on making the best of you or doing what you want with you, then you're not going to be able to connect all the dots that you need to connect in order to make some things happen. Like, it's like, sometimes I'll be going through something hard and I'll remember that I went through that like 15 years before. But if I hadn't been focused on myself and living my life and keeping my body and myself, my mind healthy, keeping myself surrounded by people who cared about my well-being, if I didn't focus on putting myself first that whole time, I wouldn't have remembered. I probably would have been like drunk or something or, you know, heading down some kind of drug spiral trying to forget it. And I wouldn't have remembered, you know, and I wouldn't have been able to care enough to be like, wait a minute, I did go through this 12 years ago and this is what I did then. This is what I'm going to do. And then I solved the problem way faster than I did the first time it came around, you know, because I've always been really invested in myself, you know, again, not selfish, but just invested in the fact that like my body and my brain and my mind is my whole experience. So I have to care the most about it. That's powerful. So when did you realize that things were kind of taking um, like an expanded turn? Like when did you start realizing that like, wow, like people actually really like what I do and I'm impacting these people because like you can just tell how you like the part of like the inspiration, how like people really connect and feel into your music and everything. So when did you actually start seeing that like you were making an impact in the world with your voice and and your talent and everything? Probably 2014 when I won that belt competition and went on that tour uh, with Live Nation. Probably, Mm -hmm. probably then because I got to play like shows to music lovers. I wasn't just playing like gigs in Austin, like trying to make some cash at a restaurant. I was playing like actual shows to music lovers who bought who spent $60 to be at this big Live Nation show. And that's, and those were the people I was performing for. And uh, that was, uh, that was really cool. They were really excited. And they told me really nice things. They're like, we hear hints of this and we hear traces of this person. And you sound a lot like that person. It just reminds me of this person. I haven't heard anything like this in a long time. And that was like the first time that people were commenting on my sound, not just like telling me to turn my amp down because the, guests in the front of the restaurant complained oh my gosh you know what i'm saying yeah i can't imagine anybody telling you that though (laughs) oh 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 my god that was my whole life until like 2015 because i was just playing in restaurants getting paid like i don't know 200 bucks or something which is pretty great for two hours of work but still they're they don't really want music they just want to be a restaurant that has music they they just want the credit you know, they don't actually want music. They hire you and they tell you to play the level of a radio. I'm like, okay, you know, a radio would have been cheaper. <laughs> Way cheaper. You only got to pay for a radio once. 
Do you feel like you put different levels of your heart into playing when you're just playing at a restaurant versus for like a large crowd in Europe or something? No, because any any legendary performer, especially the ones that are dead, they're all going to tell you that you have to treat every show like it's the same Mm -hmm. or else. Basically, you never have to get ready if you don't, uh, if you stay ready. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I I believe in that. So because you don't always have time to get ready. So. I believe in staying ready. So now I, I definitely did my best to put all of my energy in. I always like cared about my set list too. I didn't just play mundane songs. I eventually, after I started gathering up the library, I started playing a lot of originals live. Even in restaurants, I wouldn't play as many covers because I just found that people and I, I put a better, I put on a better show when I played originals because I was excited to be playing my songs, and people responded to them. So. I started slipping originals in more and more. I would always really pay attention to the crowd anytime I played anything just to see what made them excited. Because then if that song makes them excited, maybe I'll write a song that has a similar vibe, not like the same song, but like similar vibe to that song that I saw them get excited about in the moment. Basically, like every gig was like a survey and like research on crowds, (laughs) what songs they liked, what they didn't like, when they started talking, when they paid attention. So wow. I, I know like every gig was really important. The frequency of playing gigs is how you get good and paying attention to each gig you play and learning from each gig you play is also how you stay good. Really important. I, I took every gig very seriously. Always should have That's my awesome. time, you know. Hell yeah. And when they ask me to turn down, I bitch at them in my head, but never out loud. <laughs> is that something that, like, have you got, in a lot of like key pointers and advice like things that people um without you know help or an advisor would have to learn on their own like have you been able to skip some of that stuff because of your dad's musical profession and experience and everything 100 <laughs> percent. he's the one who told me that you have to treat every gig like a like it's serious he's the one who told me you never have to get ready if you stay ready um, oh, somebody if, if I wouldn't have been told that, I could have been not taking gigs seriously and then given an opportunity out of nowhere and then I wasn't ready. I could have embarrassed myself publicly, you know, because that's yeah, happened yeah. to me. I've been called up on stage literally with Buddy Guy, like out of nowhere, literally. <laughs> Fortunately, like two days before I had been listening to Buddy Guy. <laughs> Fortunately for me and fortunately for me, again, he... Uh, called a tune that I had listened to in that session that I had listened to him two days before. Oh, I saw that video. That was really awesome. Yeah, so you, you really didn't know. I really didn't know. Oh my god. I really didn't wow. know. I thought I was just there to enjoy the show. I thought the guitar tech was just being nice and getting me tickets to the show. I didn't even know I was going to have backstage passes. He didn't say, hey, when you get here, come backstage. He didn't tell me any of that. He just said, the tickets are at the front. That's all he said. <laughs> And I was like, sweet. I, I like showed up in like flip flops and jeans, man. Oh my God. Thank God I had gig clothes in my car. It's almost like the universe knew it was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen except me. Yeah. Everyone. Knew. It definitely sounds like it was like the universe aligning you. It was with pretty a wild. Fucking legend. Good thing I have a messy ass car that I leave all my outfits in <laughs> for like years. I have like two gig outfits in there at all times, literally because of that experience. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. You never know when you're going to have to look nice. And the more public you get as an artist, the more of a public figure you become, 
the more you have to be ready for anything because otherwise you might become a meme and not in the good way. <laughs> so I'm guessing that playing with Buddy Guy it had to be like some sort of dream come true, right? Or It was so surreal and it was like so strange and I wish it wouldn't have like been such a surprise. I wish I could have like had a little more mental preparation for playing with a hero of mine. Like I would have brought a different guitar, like a lot of things would I would have brought a different outfit. I would have gotten there earlier. <laughs> I would have gotten there way earlier. Like I got there like 20 minutes before the show. Cause I just mm. thought I was there to see the show. I was just chilling. <laughs> I was just doing my thing. I was downtown. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go get a snack at blue blue grocery or whatever the hell it's called. And then I'm gonna go do this thing and I'm gonna go get something from Starbucks. And then yep, I'm gonna meander on over to the show and watch the show. Like that. You know that mindset when you think you have time. <laughs> oh my God, don't you hate it when you think you have time and it turns out you didn't have time? Have you ever like right. experienced that at an airport? Like, oh, oh no, for sure. Like, you know, right. like, you're like, I got to get through security and get to the gate in 20 minutes. Right? Like, you think you're 20 minutes early, but really you're like two hours late. Or, or you're like, just enough late to still maybe make it if you start taking it really seriously as soon as possible and also maybe you have to ask a few people to cut yeah but you make it every single time okay so imagine that take that mental like mental state and then apply it to being in front of 2900 people oh my god that's what I'm talking about I didn't know I was gonna be on stage that night I did not have any time to think about it let alone be on stage with a hero of mine do you get nervous like performing at all, especially then, or do you just like in a situation where I'm totally caught off guard? I get a little nervous. It it's not like I'm ever gonna say no. I'm I'm gonna say yes because mm-hmm. I know how to play the guitar well enough to make it so that like some days, yeah, maybe I'm on fire, but there's never a day where I just like don't know what I'm doing. Like I know how to play the guitar, so like I'm never gonna say no. But like I'm gonna sound different in that state of mind than I am. Uh, if I would have been informed, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. sound different. And here's the other thing. Um, I'm going to sound different. And also nobody is going to notice the difference. Everyone's going to think that I sound the same and that I sounded great because they're just excited that I was up there. And that's something mm-hmm. that I have to make myself understand. That's why I never say no. It's like all of your anxiety is in your head. It's not in theirs. It's going to make their fucking night to see you walk on that stage. Go. They're going to be sitting at a buddy guy show like, oh, I just saw her last week. <laughs> like that, that's what that's what's happening here. None of this. Oh, I don't have the right outfit. Oh, I didn't bring the right guitar. None of that shit's happening in the real world. What's happening in the real world is these people are like little tipsy on wine. And they are at a buddy guy show in Austin, Texas, where you live. And of course, you is me where mm-hmm. where you live. This is me talking to myself. And also um they don't play guitar they don't know anything about like the fact that you didn't hit that note the right way they know nothing about that also did I mention that they've been drinking wine all night (laughs) and also they know who you are because they actually might be friends of yours because there's 2,900 people out there and this is the city you live in so Mm -hmm. all that's going to happen if you say no is you're going to lose the opportunity to a be on stage with a hero of yours no matter how you sound, it doesn't matter how you sound. You're going to sound good. It's like the show, it's blues and it's the key of A. You're going to be fine. Um, all you're going to do if you say no is like 
cut your own nose off just to spite your face and then also not make your friends nights. <laughs> it's so true. And it's like, I just have to, that's what I do. I talk to him. It's like, look, all of this, all of the negative shit is happening in your head only. Because in the real world, all that's happening here is it's a fucking concert. You can't go wrong. Everyone's stoked. It's Buddy Guy. Get your ass on stage. You know? It's such a good method to like actually deal with anxiety. Just like zoom out. Just anything. like think about all the shit happening in your head and then really try to imagine that being real to the person in the front row. <laughs> the fact that yeah. you didn't bring your the guitar you like, do you really think that matters to anybody else but you? <laughs> Come on. Literally, they're not even going to like, no. It's like not even a thing. It's like worrying about leaves falling off a tree. They're not thinking about that. <laughs> Yeah, but how many times do like it's just like a human ego thing to like actually trip ourselves up and just be like, "Hey, you sure you're not freaking out? Like, you sure you good?" <laughs> yeah, but if you play four thousand shows over the course of eight years, um, the thought processes get sped up pretty quickly. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, nope. Everyone's drunk. It doesn't matter. Yep. Good. Have a good time. Be grateful. Oh. There you go. It's like it's like. As soon as I start, you know, because every day you're a different person. So, like, some days I'm stoked to get on stage. Some days I'm not as stoked to get on stage because I'm feeling a certain way. And it's always mm -hmm. just like, hey, you get to do this. So let's start there. <laughs> you get to just, like, do this period with your life. So just let's just start there. Be grateful. So let's just start mm -hmm. there and marinate in that for a second. You just get to do this. Like, everybody in the audience is drunk. You get paid to entertain the easiest like state of mind to entertain in the history of humans you get paid to do that so let's just start with the gratitude for that for a second and then let's revisit the fact that they're all drunk nothing matters doesn't matter how you look doesn't matter get out there and do it they want mm. to see you so you can't lose they want to see you oh you didn't put lipstick on they want to see you they don't they would rather you start playing music than take a few extra seconds to put on your fucking lipstick you know, like, that's how I see it. I'm just like, if you just look at the reality, not the crap going on in your head, not the stupid stuff that happened to you earlier that day or last week or whatever. Just look at it for what it is. They are paying you to help them have a good time. That's all that's happening. That is it. <laughs> it is not anything more than that. They are paying you to help them have a good time. Hmm. That's, that's so true and anything deeper than that is in your head yeah definitely wow so what other kind of like goals or dreams have come to fruition because of your I, I want to call it a transformation process it's like an evolution yeah well I just want to keep like finding new ways to express myself musically I think I'm going to be there for a while i also really like performing for people i like helping people have a good time i enjoy that and you know my dad he always like used to throw parties and stuff like he built out this backyard that we the backyard of our house he built out the backyard of our house to be like a grilling deck like he like literally set the house up to have parties and he was always having parties he was always having cookouts Whenever we lived in a cul-de-sac, so whenever like one of my neighbors wanted to have a garage sale, he would like catch wind of it and like get everybody in the cul-de-sac into it. And then he would have like food, 
like, okay, we got breakfast at six. Garage sale starts at 7 a.m. Uh, lunch is at 1130. And then he would like handle all the food. He just had this like thing about him where he just wanted to bring his urge to bring people together. I know you know somebody like that. Everybody mm-hmm. knows somebody like that. It's like this urge. You always meet at their house, you know. Yeah. And they always have food and drinks. They always have anything you need because they want you to think of their house as a place where you can gather. I know so many people like that. And I'm kind of like that. I don't like to throw parties at my own house because I have like a lot of like things that can get ruined. <laughs> but if I were really rich, I would actually have an extra house that I just like rented out as an Airbnb sometimes, but also just use as a party space. I totally would like have something like that because I like bringing people together and it's nice to have a private space in which to do so. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I got that from my dad. So I really like performing because whenever I put on a performance, it's an excuse for people to come out and get together. I don't care if people talk during my set. Like my shit is so loud that I can't hear them. So I don't care. <laughs> Like, my electric guitar is so loud. They can stand in the back of the room and talk all they want, man. If you want to, and if you want to hear the show, just get close to the speaker because this shit is bumping, you know? <sighs> like, I make sure to make it so that everybody has a good time. The people who want to listen can listen because it's loud. And the people who want to scream over it can scream over it if they want, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually people don't talk over my stuff, but when they do, I don't care because, like, I put a system in place to not care. And the system is having a really loud show. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> care about... If I was an acoustic artist, it'd be hell. Because I wouldn't be able to hear uh-huh. myself over them. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Uh, but I have... My stuff is so electrified that, like, man, I don't care. Those subwoofers are like... <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. And so, you, you mentioned before how you can actually, like, see people's reactions and how they change and the feeling of everything... Like, how do you really see your work impacting um, not just your audience, but the world in general? Because, I mean, we were talking about how the pandemic is really um, cutting the bullshit. And so do you feel like you're kind of like impacting the world by being a part of like this positive change or, or what do you see through your eyes? I don't really know. I mean, I guess I could be showing people a way to operate independently as an artist and maybe that's going to be a part of this whole cut the bullshit stop chasing some record deal that's just gonna just just gonna exploit you and and actually just be your own record company because we have the internet and they're kind of obsolete anyway we have the internet and we have GarageBand and focus right interfaces so record labels are essentially obsolete it's like mm-hmm. wait i can make my own records at home with like 200 hundred dollar equipment I can put my own stuff on iTunes and everything. I can pay for my own Facebook ads. I can book my own tours. I can find my own booking agent. I can find my own manager. I could just appoint my really smart and talented friend to be my manager if I want. You know, like, I don't need these big notions and ideas of music industry to help me get to where I'm going. And very rarely in my career have they actually helped me. I I very rarely get... Um, help getting these larger opportunities. I had the the help I the the way I got ACL was just a long process of slowly chipping away at a huge iceberg. Honestly, the way it happened. And other people might try to chip at the same iceberg and it won't go the same way because it wasn't the right time. And it's just really like 
complicated and cosmic and nobody has control over it even though these bigger companies make you think that they do they don't you know how many millions they dump into people who don't become hits and then they just shelf them a lot wow not everybody they put their money behind becomes a hit you know they just highlight the ones that do so they make you think that they always know what's going to work they make you think that they always know who's going to be the next big thing and that biggest thing is, is that they make you think that they are the ones who hold the keys to the kingdom they make mm-hmm. you think that when really they lose millions they lose they make bad decisions they sign people who aren't ready and they lose all the time they fire people they shelf people they put people on back burners they furlough people furloughed people or whatever the word is mm-hmm. and uh like some of these bigger agencies during the pandemic have hired a hundred, fired like literally a hundred of their agents. Oh my God. Okay. Do you know how many bands each agent has? So can you imagine like 100 agents is like 500 acts. These are 500 acts who no longer have a booking agent. And some of these acts are people you've probably heard of. Wow. You know, and now their booking agent is independent. And they just had, like, they were just part of, like, William Morris. Hmm. Like, the Warner Music booking agency. So, like, you're riding high. You're an artist. You just got signed to Warner Music booking agency. And this pandemic happened. What do you think about the major industry? There is no major industry. That's what you think. Turns out you were just, like, a cowboy riding a bull the whole time, putting all your eggs in one basket, thinking that these people held the keys to the kingdom. You had a booking agent for six months. They get fired in the pandemic. Now what? Damn. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. People are waking up to the fact that like nobody knows. All these people with money pay a lot of money to make you think that they know, but they don't. And and it's like you said. You said that it's like cosmic, and it, it might might not be like the right time for some people, or it is for others. And or it might not be the like right that. path. It might not be the right thing for you. You might not be playing the right instrument. Maybe you weren't supposed to be a a singer songwriter maybe you were supposed to do kids music maybe you like there's all these like really random like rubik's cube turns and twists that you have to put into place and the only way that you're ever going to figure it out is if you focus on it like the rubik's cube is yourself your being and you have to put the time in focusing on figuring yourself out and then once you figure yourself out you're going to figure out what you're going to excel at definitely and it doesn't go just for music, too. It goes for no. every in- every industry, every every choice that you make, everything in life. Just make it based on the fact that you've been focusing on yourself this whole time. Hmm. You know? Can't, like, turn the Rubik's Cube a few times and then put it on the coffee table to collect dust. You know, you have to care. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Okay, so where, what do you love most about where you are in your life now? Oh, the freedom. The freedom to be myself. <laughs> this, um, is, this is the most I've ever been able to be myself. And I have to remind myself of that. Even though I'm stuck at home playing in front of a tripod phone all the time and I don't see anybody's reactions. And I see, like, people's comments. But, like, some of the comments are so weird. I swear to God, it's chatbots. I swear to God. I mean, I know that real people watch my streams. But, like, some of those comments, I'm like, are you a chatbot? <laughs> It's just so weird, you know, like, I'm like, I swear at this time in the stream, every stream, you say the same thing. You have to be a chatbot. 
Oh my God, no way. I swear, because I read the oh. comments. Some people I know are real because I've seen them like post pictures of themselves. I'm like, okay, you're not a chatbot. You prove <laughs> you're not a chatbot. Or they join the JV squad. People who join the JV squad, I'm like, okay, I don't think chatbots know how to join groups. So, Yeah, that's your private Facebook group, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep that one private because otherwise, man, it's like no moderation is hell on a Facebook group. You got to moderate. Or yeah. else it's just like, I don't know if you've ever seen an unmoderated Facebook group. It's... <laughs> chaos it's a jungle yeah it's absolutely. it's like a news feed that has ten thousand friends <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's literally what an unmoderated facebook group is like it's ten thousand people's news feed all dumped into one and everybody gets the notifications for all the yes. shit <laughs> yes and it's horrible and it ends up completely defeating the purpose it's like no you create the group so that you can get express communication with the people every time they get a notification they take it serious they're like, oh, this person's posting to this place, so I better go check it. It's perfect for like, hey, my show tonight is canceled. You know, like that's, yeah. that's the whole point of it, to have a place to, to make sure that the people get your posts. Because with a page, you know, if you don't interact with the page, you're never going to see their posts, even if you like them. Yeah. So in addition to the JV Squad private Facebook page, where can people find you and your work? I have a Patreon. And that's a good way. I always answer all of those messages personally. Um, and then I also, I just do like the, whenever I do my streams, I do the online tips thing and it's, it's just all Jackie Vincent. And, um, awesome. and then I also am on Spotify and I'm also on Bandcamp. I'm selling all this new merch, coming out with a new merch item like every other month. So got a lot of cool stuff in the merch store right now, but that's just at my website, JackieVincent.com. And um, yeah, basically just type my name into Google and, have fun for a few hours <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> all right so i know you have some upcoming plans and of course plans for whenever we do go back to quote unquote the new norm or whatever but what um kind of future plans do you have for like the near future like a new release or shows like um you know like the live streams or anything like that going on well i'm doing wednesdays and saturdays until november Okay. Probably. Yeah. Wednesdays and Saturdays until November. And then I'm taking November and December off from streaming because, you know, holidays. I might mm -hmm. pop up here and there. Every now and then somebody pays me to do a live stream from their page or something. So sometimes mm -hmm. I just pop up randomly, even though I say I'm taking the months off. You know, I mean, money's money, man. I got to make that cheese. <laughs> so sometimes I pop, I pop up every now and then during my break periods. <laughs> and that's how you know that somebody was like, hey will you stream from our page? We'll pay you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's, I don't, I can't imagine any other world or dimension where you can make money this way. Like only in these times, as soon as we get back into a new groove and people start touring again, this is going to go away. It's going to be really hard to make money on. This is a window and it's going to close like making mm -hmm. money playing with like a cell phone. Like that's crazy. <laughs> You, you spent like $50 on a light and, and like you just plug your cell phone that you also use as a cell phone in and you, and you make tips. Yeah, this window's going to close for sure. People are going to be like, hey, live shows are back. Stop asking for money on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And I just know it's going to close. It has to. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it has to because people are going to spend their money out. They're not going to spend their money in. Right now, the money we're making on the Internet 
as artists asking for tips and donations and merch sales. The money we're making is the money they would have spent on a beer. Mm. That's why it's going to go away because their budget is still the same. Not, not everybody lost their job. Some people's jobs are just office jobs and they just work from home now. And those mm -hmm. same people would have gone to a bar and paid a cover, bought a drink. So when mm -hmm. bars and covers and drinks come back, yeah, they're not going to be spending that money on the internet. Do you think that they'll have like a stronger passion and following? Like it seems like instead of before where the industry would kind of like mold artists to be what they wanted them, it seems like now artists are transforming the industry. So do you think yes. um, like the following is going to continue with these authentic artists that are just like you develop such a connection through live streams and everything. You really see like a following that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm going to do everything in my power to convert these chatbots into real <laughs> human beings that show up to my shows and I can see in real life. Uh, I'm actually yes. going to, I'm going to taunt them. I'm like, Hey, come to my show uh, so that I, you can prove that you're not a chatbot. <laughs> like I'll yeah, include really? it into the marketing. Like the fact that we haven't been able to come out, like when the time comes, when touring start again, um, I'm going to use everything in my power to just make it so that these people get used to coming out again. Because uh, virtual is really just not the full experience. It, there's nothing like hearing these speakers in real life. It's, it's insane. Yeah, definitely. And I think that artists have really been the light throughout all of this. And so yeah. for you to already have that plan and, and that intention to like help people come back out and help assimilate again, that's amazing. Yeah, I just don't know what it's going to look like. That's the thing. It's kind of, it's nerve wracking, but no matter what, I know I'm going to have to do it. I take solace in the fact that I'm probably going to organically feel the right time to do it. But I am worried that like, maybe I'll mess up and do it too early or something like getting people to come out again is going to be a very interesting thing. It's going to be extremely psychological. It's going to be kind of emotional. The way people are going to act around each other for the first time in a long time, especially with the power of music. Like music makes people feel and do some crazy shit. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Definitely. Like, I'm actually like, oh, man. <laughs> like, it's going to be a little wild, but uh, it's okay. Yeah. I can just picture, like, people, like, coming to a show. And, and hearing you get the speakers to, like, again hearing yeah. what it's like to feel the kick drum like they In don't even they don't even understand nobody even yeah. really really gets it um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing and it it's gonna be is. strange people might behave kind of strangely so we got to be prepared for that <laughs> and uh yeah well whenever you do have your first show it's definitely gonna be awesome <laughs> i'm looking forward <laughs> to it yeah Okay, so I, I really just want to keep talking, not even about this stuff, just about like soul level world changing stuff, but <laughs> it's already been like an hour, so oh, yeah. I'll start wrapping up. <laughs> so I only have one last question for you, okay, and um, it's a great question. It's my favorite one because I think it's great to be asked, but also for everybody listening to ask themselves. And the question is, who is the superhero inside of you that has all the power you could ever need? Like which superhero character is it? you can interpret it however you want i've gotten like a thousand different reactions from it <laughs> okay a superhero inside of me um she goes by the mother of guitars and oh, yeah. she rides a giant guitar through the 
uh, universe. And the reason why the guitar has to be giant is because the universe is a cold, dark place. So it's basically like a spaceship that looks like a guitar. And uh, she just like sends out really positive, literal vibrations to planets around the universe. And uh, she never knows what the impact of the positive vibrations that she sends out are. But she also doesn't care. And she just sends them. And then sometimes the vibrations just like Loki saved the entire planet. Sometimes they only do a little bit. But then she comes back around, sends more, and maybe it pushes it over the edge, you know. She's just like she's flying around the galaxy, um, sending out positive vibrations. Like literal, she has like this giant machine. And it sends out positive vibrations. She like bombs planets with positive vibes i love that so much yeah that's beautiful and that's so you like you're an embodiment (laughs) of that for sure (laughs) there you go oh man well i have so much gratitude for you and it's been such an honor to hear your story and to share it and i just have so much appreciation thank you no problem it was a good time can't wait to hear it you for listening to this podcast. I hope that this episode has some way inspired you to take control, given you the tools to feel secure and on fire in your own independence, and help to unlock within you the impact that you're here to make. You're not born with a purpose. You're born as your purpose. It's already inside of you, and it's your responsibility in this life to live that in the truest way possible. If you've gotten any sort of value out of this episode, please share it so that we can together expand our inspiration and our impact in this world.